Welcome to the Dildork Storky Discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I came out for the first time 11 years ago. Oh man, those were the days. Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I also came out for the first time 11 years ago, I think. Whoa. I was like 16. We were synced up even back yeah. then. Yeah. Nifty. <laughs> That's so cute. You were coming out far away from me, and we were linked at our hearts by our future Aww. friendship, but we didn't even know it. We are linked by our queerness. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about coming out today. Oh, man, there's a lot to unpack. How do you define coming out? What does that phrase mean to you? Uh, disclosing something new to someone. Uh generally something about your own identity that they Mm -hmm. may not have known and at least for me it tends to be linked with like questionable reactions Mm. like not really sure how it's gonna go Hmm. so do you think that people should be allowed to use the phrase coming out for more mundane things like some straight people like to do like they're like oh i came out as liking pineapple on my pizza (laughs) does that feel like an okay usage of that phrase to you i mean fine i don't care (laughs) that i have more important things to care about than that like yeah i've seen that debate like a lot of times and i don't really personally know how i feel about it i see both sides of it for sure yeah yeah i could see being annoyed about it Mm -hmm. but i could see being annoyed about a lot of things yeah and like i'd rather focus on like queer people having to worry about getting murdered right than like (laughs) don't use our words like me Eh, it's fine (laughs) the one thing i would add to that which is partly implied by what you said about questionable reactions is i think usually when we talk about coming out we're talking about something that's like societally um frowned upon um And if not, maybe frowned upon by the people you're actually coming out to, then frowned upon more generally in society. Like, it has to be a thing that's difficult. Like, I have some friends for whom coming out wasn't really a thing because they grew up with family who were, like, queer or, like, excessively, not excessively, but extremely queer friendly, where, like, it was just such a small admission that it didn't feel like a big event to them. Yeah, and I think that can still be coming out, but I think it's a very different experience from people, what people tend to mean when they say coming out, like capital C, capital O, coming out. Yeah. Because I have come out to people by, like, telling them I'm queer, but I don't think of those as, like, coming out moments, like, casually with new coworkers or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't picture that so much as coming out because, like, you walk into a room and, like, I walk into a room and people go, oh, that man is gay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So when I confirm it, it's not so much of a, like, big confession in the way coming out tends to feel for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't feel that I've really ever had to come out as queer in spaces that are, like, sex positive and queer friendly already, like... Because I think that there is kind of a a working assumption in a lot of those spaces that everybody in them is not straight in some way or another. So, yeah. Yeah. How important is it to you that you are out in all of your spaces? 
pretty important. Like, mm-hmm. in the past, I had com- compartmentalized a lot of things. And, like, I come out as a sex educator. And, like, that's not so much a queer thing, but that's definitely something I've come out as. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... Honestly, it's super important to me because I'm real bad at secrets. <laughs> like, as you may have noticed, I tell everyone everything all of the time. <laughs> um, I made a podcast so that I could do just that. <laughs> and uh, it's really hard for me to be in spaces where things are secret because I'll, like, want to talk about some... Like, before I was out to my dad about my transness, I was like, oh, I'm going on vacation to Atlanta. And he was like, oh, what are you going for? And the answer was to be on a panel about masculinity and polyamory. But he doesn't know any of those things about me. Uh, So I had to be like, uh, well, my friend Kevin wrote a book and I'm just traveling with him for that and nothing else at all. (laughs) And it's just really awkward because so much of my life is consumed by my transness and my queerness and my sex educatorness that, like, there's really nothing left for me to talk to people about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and polyness. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a lot. I wind up having to, like, hide relationship shit or whatever. Like, I'm not fucking good at it. I'm not good at it. (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. There have been times in my life when I have felt like I didn't really want or need to come out like, especially to, like, extended family or even, like, at times to my own parents because, like, as much as I am a very public person on the internet, I can be a very private person offline sometimes in some situations. And um, there were some things where I was like, I don't really think my family needs to know that. And I think that that can just be something that I know and that my partners know about. And, like, it just seems like it's none of my family's business. But, like, I don't know. I kind of oscillate back and forth on that because at other times it has felt very important to me. And... um Especially as, like, someone who dates people of different uh, genders, I find that, like, if I'm in a relationship with someone of a particular gender, people tend to assume a lot that I'm only attracted to that gender, um, and that can be really hurtful and feel really invalidating. Um, I've had friends at various times in my life tell me that they thought I was secretly a lesbian and just not admitting it to myself, or secretly straight and just not admitting it to myself, and it's, like, part of the coming out thing that's important to me is um is having it be acknowledged in my spaces that I am who I actually am and not just this tiny little sliver of it yeah I think that's super important especially with like bi-ness and queerness Mm -hmm. it's really easy to (laughs) bi erasure is a thing I don't know if y'all know that yeah (laughs) um and being able to kind of define that for yourself I think is really important Yeah, and, like, arguably it is a form of self by erasure that at times in my life I've thought, well, like, these people don't really need to know that. Like, what would they gain from knowing that? Um, And the answer is, like, they would gain the same thing as they would gain from them knowing anything about me. It's just, like, me being able to express my true self more fully. And, you know, it's not the most important detail about me, but it's it's kind of an important detail, so. yeah. Yeah. Which identities of yours are super important for you to come out about and like are there ones that you don't feel as much the need to come out about i i don't feel it's super important to come out about kink stuff unless it's someone that i plan on doing kink stuff with 
Mm -hmm. Um, That said, there is a rack of paddles on my wall. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, uh, I... (laughs) I'm not subtle about it. Um, I used to wear a collar all day, every day. Um, but, like, I don't feel the need to, like, sit people down and go, so, just so you know, um, <laughs> I like getting my ass beat and called a filthy little slut. So, uh-huh. um, what's for dinner, Dad? Uh, <laughs> like, that's that's not a conversation I feel the need to have. Um, mm-hmm. But my transness, super important to come out as uh, yeah. on account of people look at me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and that's not subtle um Mm -hmm. and also my queerness just because it's so intensely a part of who i am Mm -hmm. um i forget to come out as poly a lot like i accidentally came out to my mom uh i had like (laughs) mentioned my ex and uh she said something uh (laughs) about like wait doesn't he live with someone else or whatever and i was like oh oh so about that (laughs) because i just forget that that's a thing Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but yeah i think my queerness and my transness are the most important for me to come out as uh just because they're more in your face than any of my other identities yeah and my sex educatorness, because I keep going on vacation, and, like, it's gonna get weird if I don't tell people why. Yeah. The one reason that I do end up coming out as kinky in situations where it might not otherwise come up is, like, sometimes you'll be talking to someone and they say something that's, like, vaguely stigmatizing about, like, maybe a kinky thing in the news or whatever, and I always kind of have to, like, make that decision in that moment as to whether it's safe and smart for me to like advocate for the kink community in that moment, like whether I'll actually achieve anything by doing that. But like, I think there have been times where I have changed people's minds on things. Like, cause if, if they're saying something stigmatizing about like masochists or something, and I say, well, like, actually I like enjoy pain during sex sometimes. And I find that it's like very uh, cathartic and it's something I really enjoy. Um, sometimes that can shift their mind so that they no longer think of it as maybe like a non-consensual thing or an exploitative thing or whatever, um, to find out that they know someone really closely who enjoys those things and, and very much consents to them. So, and you're not like this skeezy pervert who like, whatever (laughs) that means. Yeah. I'm still the same person I was before I said this to them. So like in that situation, I'm not coming out because I feel the need to like be my entire self with this person because that's not really necessary if we're not doing kink things like you said but that's more kind of like a strategic coming out Mm -hmm. um for the greater good i guess um and i hope that it it does actually achieve that purpose yeah (laughs) i also like don't really feel the need to come out as bi very much anymore because it's not anywhere near as stigmatized as it was even 10 years ago when i was coming out like i am very privileged that i don't experience a ton of biphobia in my everyday life most of the biphobia i do experience is like not people who don't think bisexual people exist but more just like people who think that they should pick a lane or that they're slutty or like other weird stereotypes like that so there's not really a a need for me to come out it's just the situation where i have to yell at somebody on the internet but (laughs) yeah i got called greedy for being bi for the first time in a long time and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) That is a stereotype about bisexual people that happens to be true of me. However, (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I can't argue that. Because, yeah. like, correct, but that's not just a trait of bisexuality. That's just a trait of Bex. Right. Because I'm a slut. <laughs> different i can't i can't really argue with the indecisive or pick a lane (laughs) thing either because like my sexuality has swung back and forth so wildly like i use bi as like the most accurate term over time but like i basically have swept from like much straighter to much gayer several times so it's like yeah i can't really fight you if you're saying bisexuals can't pick a lane because like i have historically not been able to but like that's just how like (laughs) The just let me live my life, man. Yeah, you don't you don't have to pick a lane is the problem with that framing, right? Like you can just like date who you're attracted to at the time that you're attracted to them. Like it's like not it's not a problem. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so tell me some coming out stories. You have a new one that I love. I do. Um this is actually my favorite coming out story because if you listen to my one year on testosterone episode, I said that I was not out to my father. But because I like good stories, I came out to him two days before my one year on tea. Um, <laughs> because that seemed like a nice little bookend. I had come out to my mother right before, and they're divorced, so they haven't spoken in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had come out to my mom right before starting tea. It did not go well at all. Um, and she was supposed to be the easier parent, so I chickened out and never told my father. For a year... Um, shockingly testosterone changes you a lot in a year um (laughs) but i was just coasting on no i always look like this what are you talking about i don't know (laughs) i used to go to like big family dinners where they hadn't seen me in months and they'd be like oh my god your voice and my brother would (laughs) dive in front of them because he's the only person on that side of the family that knew and be like oh my god you won't hear what happened in school and he's like about to graduate high school, so school is very exciting. And I would just fade into the distance. <laughs> um, it's a but good recently, strategy. yeah. Um, so when I did decide to come out with him, come out to him, I partnered up with my brother, who um, I have someone in my family who's gay who's getting married soon, and uh, my little brother was just like. Uh, and to be clear, my brother and I discussed this. We were texting as this happened. Um, <laughs> so he did this on purpose because I asked him to. But he goes, so, uh, them getting married, that's that's cool, huh? And my dad's like, yeah, whatever. Like, doesn't look up from his phone. He's like, yeah, I'm happy for them, you know? And my brother goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm bi. Sometimes I think dudes are hot. Bex, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I love your brother. so then uh i did my thing um which meant uh mumbling out that i was trans and then immediately listing facts and statistics about trans people because that (laughs) seemed like the most reasonable thing and i'm like so and i've been on testosterone for a year and these are the things testosterone does to an estrogen dominant body and um if i ever went off of testosterone these are the things that would get reversed but you know and my dad finally interrupts me and is like uh yeah, we figured. So, and I was like, yeah, I'm not good at secrets. Um, but so, uh, and my dad's like, so you happy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I went and played Ticket to Ride with both of my brothers. Aww. And the littlest brother was in the other room. And uh, I was, he's like, so I was listening. And I was like, great. So I'm a boy now. And he's like, yep. And I was like, okay, great. Let's play Ticket to Ride. <laughs> 
and I won Aww. because I'm great. <laughs> That's I don't so pull good. no punches, but children, I will beat them. <laughs> I am happy for you, friend. Yeah. Um, what about you? Do you have any good coming out stories? Uh, I've definitely told my queer coming out stories on the show before. I didn't actually deliberately come out to any members of my immediate family. Uh, my mom found out on Facebook and then my dad like inferred it because I was talking about pride events a lot and I don't even remember coming out to my brother because I'm sure it was no deal at all. Um, I did invite everyone in my extended family to a concert for my 16th birthday where I played among other things, a song about my first crush on a girl and uh that was kind of how i came out to all of them but, that is uh, a power move it was i was just like i'm gonna do this all at once like i'm gonna invite everyone i know um so i, I just that. told my dad to notify people <laughs> i was like do your thing i don't want to i did the hard one you tell everyone else i'll just show that's up to good. christmas as a dude it's fine <laughs> i like it I like that strategy I, did, I had, like, a weird coming out as Polly with my mom last year, though, because um, I, I was dating someone. I had had a boyfriend who I'd been with for about three months, and he had met my family a bunch of times, and they knew him and liked him and stuff. And then I went out on a Tinder date with this guy who I discovered um, was the son of an old friend of the family who my mom used to work with. So I was texting my mom really excitedly about this date, and I was like, yeah, we had a really great time, and he knows your friend, and... Um, and then I realized halfway through this conversation that I had never explained the Polly thing to my mom. And she was probably wondering, like, what happened to the boyfriend? <laughs> um, so I was like, if you're wondering what happened to him, like, we're still dating. Uh, we're polyamorous, which means that we both date other people with each other's full knowledge and consent. And, um, and she was just like, great. I like him, too. <laughs> <laughs> she was so chill about it. I've since had to explain Polly to her a bunch of times because she just can't, like empathize with it as a concept because i think she's like very monogamously minded but um she just she asks really good questions and i answer them and i think that uh it helps her get it it's a weird thing to come out of someone as poly though because i feel like most people like uh if they have had attractions in their life they can at least like understand the idea of being attracted to a different gender or whatever but poly like if they haven't you know, ever been in love with two people at once or whatever. I think it's very, very hard for people to wrap their minds around that sometimes. Yeah. To be honest, I don't understand people only attracted to one gender. Like, theoretically, uh -huh. I know that it exists. <laughs> and I believe them about their own experience. Uh-huh. But I, 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 I can't fathom it. Like, yeah. gender and presentation is so complicated, and I cannot fathom looking at someone and being like... Yeah, you've got a dick. I just am not into that. Like, <laughs> I don't... There are so many different ways people of each gender can look. Like, none of them? Really? None of them? Yeah. I don't know. I I believe I believe them about their experience. I just don't understand their experience. <laughs> yeah. I think it's partly, like, a mental categorization thing. Like, even if they feel something that's, like, maybe a small version of an attraction, maybe they don't quite categorize that as such because it's just so far outside what they would expect for themselves because like I know so many straight people who I've asked them like oh really like you've never been attracted to someone of the same gender as you and if they think about it they'll often be like well like there was this girl at camp who I wanted to kiss or whatever but um it's just a matter of like I guess how far you're willing to go with it and how intense the attraction is I don't know sexuality is fascinating yeah 
I mean, I'm also a slut who's low-key attracted to most people. So, like, we could find something fun to do with each other, I'm sure. But then I find people that I'm, like, super into, and that always knocks me on my ass. I'm like, oh, shit, I wasn't prepared for you. (laughs) I'm thinking, too, about coming out to partners, which I know is a reality for many people, but now that I think about it, I don't think it's ever something I've really had to do because either people knew me from the internet or from other things before we met or I've dated a ton of other bi people which is super fun because you can just like drool over people of various other genders together (laughs) yeah I think the thing with partners is I'm just so out in my life yeah that I'd ever have to come out to them which mm-hmm. is kind of my strategy for most things. Yeah. I'm just really clearly gay and, like, <laughs> really, really... I'm, like, I'm slightly worried about uh, if I get to a place where I pass and having mm-hmm. to come out that way. Yeah. Um, having to be like, so, I know I look like I have a dick, but, uh, <laughs> depends on how loosely you define that term. Um, I have several. They're just not attached. Yeah. Um, so, like, that worries me once that shows up again, and I'm gonna have to start coming out to partners in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. because, like, A, it's very easy for someone to be like, oh, no longer into you. Um, and that would feel really shitty. But, like, also safety? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, men in particular are not great at finding out the person they're attracted to is not exactly what they expected. Um, so that's terrifying. Uh, but for the most part, like, I'll never be stealth. I'll Mm -hmm. never, like, I'm still gonna be loudly queer and loudly trans and loudly (laughs) kinky. So, like, this just isn't a surprise to anyone, even when I came out as, like, starting tea to my coworkers. No one cared. I was so nervous and they were like, okay, great. Like, okay. I was thinking about like, what's the scariest thing that I regularly have to come out about? And I think it's actually my mental illnesses. Mm, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't know if that is quite what we're talking about when we talk about coming out, but that's like, it, to me, it does feel comparable because yeah, it's a absolutely. thing about myself that I can't change and that is stigmatized and that people might have bad conceptions about that may or may not be true. Um, And that's always kind of a hard thing for me when I start seeing someone new because usually they probably already know that I'm queer and that I'm non-monogamous because those just come up in the realities of dating and they're definitely going to know that I'm kinky if we're having sex. But uh, the mental illness thing, like I can sort of like keep that hidden for a time Um, and then there comes a time inevitably if we date for long enough where I can't keep it hidden anymore and I have to talk about it and I have to talk about like, what's this going to mean for our relationship and how do I want you to deal with it? And how's it going to interact with our non-monogamy, which can be complicated. Um, there's a lot there. Those are probably the scariest coming outs in my life, but they've all gone like reasonably well for me. So I've been lucky in that way. Yeah. I think, uh, that's another one where I tend to just, like, casually mention it, mm-hmm. and then, like, I just, like, well, you know that about me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that one's scary. 
I was with family recently, um, the day I came out to them, and prior to that, they were telling this story about someone else who uh, was also uh, diagnosed bipolar, and they were telling the story of how they found out that they had this diagnosis, and was like, yeah, and, you know, and this happened, and then this, and I was like, oh, that sounds like mania, and then they explained it, and they were like, and then they found out he was bipolar, and I was like, oh, interesting, wow, you don't say, hmm, okay, interesting, uh, and I was like, we're, I'm coming out as too many things today, that one can wait, you know, like, rather not, I showed them my new tattoo and came out as trans. Better, we don't need to add mental health diagnoses on top of that. It's fine. <laughs> Speaking of coming out and tattoos, uh, my little brother has, like, a big text tattoo on his forearm. It says, good love is on the way. And he has not shown it to my grandfather on my dad's side because that side of the family, they're Jewish and they believe that um, desecrating your body in that way is, you know, a sin against God and you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery and stuff like that. Um, So my brother, literally every time we've seen my grandfather since he got the tattoo, which was like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, he wears long sleeve shirts when we go see him, even if it's like the middle of summer, it always looks like hell. I'm like, like I, I have visible tattoos now and I just will not give a fuck. Like I will not conceal them because I just figure he's going to find out eventually. And like, it's not that big of a deal, but my brother just doesn't want to disappoint him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing long sleeves because I thought my dad would be bothered that it was so visible because it's on my forearm. Hmm. Um, and I thought he'd give me a hard time about professionalism and all that stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. I was in the middle of coming out and explaining transness. And I literally went, fuck it, we're doing this. You'll see the tattoo, too. It's a million degrees. <laughs> and just took the hoodie off. And he was like, what? And I was like, I have a tattoo. Anyway, so I'm trans. <laughs> And he didn't care. I guess he trusts me to be a grown-up now. Yeah. (laughs) My dad used to get on me about professionalism, too. Like, he used to worry when I would be writing sex stuff online that it would affect my future career. But then there there got to a point where it was so clearly going to be my career in and of itself that he started sending me, like, calls for pitches and stuff. He would be like, this is good for you. You gotta gotta aim higher. So I was like, okay, I got you on my side, finally, with this whole (laughs) sex writer thing. (laughs) Is there anything about any of your coming outs that you wish you'd done differently? My first coming out, my mom was not thrilled about. Well, I wish I had come out to my dad sooner because he was super chill about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like worried and stressing about it for a long time. For a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I missed... Because it was such a core part of my life that I was keeping a secret, I wound up not wanting to visit him and not having a great relationship with them and really missing that. Um, Mm -hmm. Interestingly, one of the things testosterone has done to me is make me want to bond with people so much more. Um, Mm. I have a lot of, like, tangential friendships that have become closer and... I wanted to be closer to my family and even like my cat. I'm like, you're my precious baby and I love you. (laughs) Um, And I just want to like connect and bond with everyone. So it was really hard to not have that with my dad Mm -hmm. um, and his side of the family. So it was really, I'm really excited that like he knows that now. Both my dad and my stepmom texted me um, calling me Bex for the first time and 
um, just, like, thanking me for coming out to them, and, like, they weren't hurt at all by how long it took, and I really, like, expected that, um, and they were like, Mm -hmm. no, we figured you'd tell us when you were ready, we're glad you did, all that stuff, so I wish I had done that sooner, um, and then my first, my first ever coming out about my queerness to my mom, uh, I just kind of showed up with my girlfriend at the time, (laughs) and she was like, you two are acting like you're dating, and I was like, plot twist, uh, <laughs> and I did not plan on coming out that night, but I did. Um, mm-hmm. And we had planned to both come out uh, to our parents at roughly the same time, and then she never did. Uh, so that was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so maybe I could have coordinated that better. Um, but that's kind of how that happened, so, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you have any you w- wish you would have done differently? I kind of wish I would have been a bit more deliberate in how I came out to my family because it was really just like they all just sort of inferred or figured it out and I didn't tell them. And I think it was because I was telling myself it was because it wasn't a big deal and they didn't need to know, but I think it was actually because I was nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think that that's what I needed to do at that time. Like, I think now if I was in that situation, I would probably be more you know, forthcoming about it, but I wasn't as confident then as I was now. And, um, yeah, sometimes you got to do what suits who you are at the time and it's okay to do things in kind of a backhanded way if that's what you got to do. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people coming out? Oof. Do it however feels good to you and however you can. I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, you have to have serious conversations in this specific way. Uh, And, like, no, fuck it. Do it. If you want to get it out there, do it however you can. Send a letter, send a text message, leave it in a post-it note on the fridge. Like, whatever you need to do to come out, like, that's fine Mm -hmm. and that's valid. You don't have to conform to how someone else expects you to deliver that serious information. Because that's the other Mm -hmm. thing. It's always like, you have to have a conversation and sit down and tell them. (laughs) No, you don't have to. 90% of my coming out happens in passing or just by being super gay around people. (laughs) Like, it doesn't always have to be this big serious thing. It can be, but Mm -hmm. just come out the way that makes sense for you. Yeah, a lot of my coming outs have happened via text because I wanted to be able to compose the thought exactly the way I wanted, and also I wanted them to be able to reread it in case they didn't quite understand it the first time or maybe wanted to Google some of the key terms and phrases. <laughs> like, I think it can be a useful way for both people. It, it really depends on how you prefer to communicate. I also used to really like... Dan Savage's piece of advice about how um, your leverage with your parents when you are an adult is your presence in their life. And so if they're being shitty about you coming out, you can just distance yourself from them and tell them that you will come back when they are being better about it. But um, I think that that can really backfire uh, mm-hmm. in some situations. Like I think you, it's there's no one size fits all solution for how to come out because all families and all relationships and dynamics are different. Um, and I think that that's a situation where you could actually just lose your family. And like maybe that's a good thing because maybe they weren't supporting you. But 
um, you got to think about who you're dealing with before you do a thing and, and make a decision that you think makes sense. Yeah. A thing I do think is interesting to take away from that Dan Savage piece of wisdom, though, is that sometimes people have a strong reaction up front that might not always be how they feel about it. Because um, they might just have to sort of reconcile what they thought your life was going to look like with what it actually has turned out to look like. And that can be a painful process, especially for parents. Um, but I've seen so many situations where someone came out as queer or trans or whatever, and their parents initially blew up, but then came to accept it after some time. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be tolerant of them being shitty to you, but um, maybe that could be a comforting thought. One of the things I actually found useful, too, was outlining the reaction I didn't want. Um, mm-hmm. In this case, like, you can just start by, you know, I want to tell you something, but I'm scared X, Y, Z will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did was, because my parents were divorced, told my dad and then told my dad immediately after the reaction my mom had, which was not great, uh, among other things, she compared my being trans to her miscarriage, um, which I never understood that whole, like, it's like you're, that's a relatively common trope where they react like the kid has died. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, I'm still here. I don't really know, but okay. Um, but yeah, so among other shitty things, she still addresses things to miss birth name. Um, Mm. so we'll get there maybe. Um, but I, said those things to my dad i was like yeah you know i came out to my mom and xyz happened and i kind of relied on his i've got to be better than my ex-wife thing Mm. um but also just by outlining these are the things that happened and this is how it was hurtful um Mm -hmm. was a good way to kind of show him an example of how not to act and outline and continue the conversation in a way that would be more helpful Yeah. And even like parental competition aside, I think like starting a conversation with I want to tell you a difficult thing, but I'm scared you'll react in this negative way. um, I think really that like puts you on the same team with the person psychologically. And it also sets them up to kind of want to prove you wrong um, and to kind of emphasize and focus on their relationship to you and their love for you more so than whatever you're going to tell them. Cause like if someone said that to me, my first reaction would be like, Oh no, like I can't believe you would think that I would react that way. I really don't want to react that way to whatever <laughs> you're about to tell me. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. What's your advice to someone whose friend or family member has just come out to them about something? Be patient with your own feelings. Mm. Um, and recognize your own feelings and take a moment to like breathe through it and don't try not to have an emotional reaction right away. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of process on your own. If you can look for your, uh, I was going to say look for your own resources, but God knows what you'll find. Uh, (laughs) so maybe ask them if they have any resources, if you have questions, but Mm -hmm. maybe don't rely on them to, teach you all of it say you know i'm curious about these things do you have any resources or is there a time where i can ask you about your own experience with these things um Mm -hmm. but maybe don't turn them into an educator in the moment when they're being vulnerable with you yeah you can also like step away do your own research and maybe come back to them with some questions or concerns that are raised by your research if any yeah uh i've definitely had 
family members do that specifically around kink stuff like if they've went and found problematic stuff and they wanted to know like is this how you do this and i'd be like no that is not like i'm very focused on safety and consent or whatever the thing was like i was grateful that they had done their own research but also that they were smart enough to like check in with me and and see if it actually matched up with what they learned yeah i'm curious around kink stuff too about like do you think of it as coming out when you're coming out about like a specific kink like maybe something edgier than you normally would or talking to a partner about that and being like oh so i know we do kink stuff but i'm also into this kink (laughs) Like, it feels like an extra layer of coming out sometimes, I think. Yeah, it depends on the thing, because most of my kinks are not integral to my sexuality. Like, there are a couple that are, that I would consider, not that they're um, requirements in all my relationships, but that like all of my sexuality is kind of linked to them in some way. And those are things like being submissive, being into impact play and the daddy dom little girl stuff. Like those are kind of the three main ones for me. So coming out about that stuff does feel like a coming out to me because it does feel like revealing a vulnerable aspect of myself that I can't change and maybe have some internalized shame about. But if it's like just a a thing I want to try that doesn't feel integral to my identity, then that feels more akin to like, if I wanted to watch a weird show on TV or I wanted to go to a weird restaurant we'd never been to before. And like, maybe that's a little bit vulnerable, but um, it's more about the thing and not about me, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think it could also be helpful to ask the person what they need from you in this moment, why they chose to come out to you, if there is a way you can support them, how they mm. want you to proceed with this information. Yeah. Um, Especially in terms of telling or not telling other people, which might be of great concern for them at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, what does support look like? Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, for me, support generally looks like, you know this now, we don't have to talk about it again. Um <laughs> Whereas for other people, like, and like, you know, my, uh, when my family gets me rainbow things, I'm like, yes, I, I I get it. You know, I'm gay. Um, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate it. It's fine. Um, whereas for other people, they would be like, oh my God, this is, you guys care about me. You see this part of me. And like, both of those things are totally valid. But for Mm -hmm. me, like the best way to kind of support me in that is to not make my whole life about that right the way that my dad chooses to support me in my queerness is he will just periodically text me links to articles about random queer things or buy things or kink things um and i know him well enough to know that that's his way of saying he accepts me but (laughs) it's interesting how people have all different ways of saying that yeah my mom bought me a rainbow eraser. <laughs> the jokes write themselves, yeah. folks. I mean, really. <laughs> my dad once bought me a pair of fuzzy handcuffs as a Valentine's Day gift for me and my boyfriend at the time. Oh. And I still don't know if that was just a weird joke or him being like, I know and appreciate that you are kinky and it's fine with me. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Parents are weird. Parents are really weird. So that's advice for 
if someone has recently come out to you? What if you're waiting for someone to come out to you? What if you suspect things, or you've heard through the grapevine, or in my case, they're very clearly trans and they just haven't shared that news with you? Um, <laughs> I fucking bind every time I go there. Like, I, my chest suddenly disappeared. I don't know what they thought happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, do you have any advice for how to handle bef- before someone comes out to you? I think that there's sort of two ways to do it, or two good ways. Um, There's an indirect way and a more direct way. And my mom kind of did the more direct way, which was she wrote me a letter saying, I saw on Facebook that uh, you're listed as bi, and I just wanted you to know that if that's true, then I love and accept you anyway. Um, And that for me was good because I don't think I would have raised it otherwise um, because I was really shy and didn't really want to talk about it but I think that that could also backfire a lot because like some people might feel rushed or pressured or uh, like their privacy is being infringed upon if you take that route so I think probably the safer route is a more indirect way which is like you know if you think someone's going to come out to you as trans for example maybe you start talking about a trans celebrity who's in the news and you just say something like I'm really glad she's happy I'm glad she uh, is doing well um and that just communicates your attitude about that particular issue to this person so that if they want to do something with that information they can and i think that that's nice what about you what do you think yeah absolutely i think being i hate the term ally for a whole bunch of other reasons but being (laughs) like visibly an ally um Mm -hmm. and and just like in as many ways as you can being clearly a person that would support them Um, Yeah. Regardless of, like, whether you're a parent, like, if you're a parent, I think you should start from very young age and just, like, yeah, like, gay and queer people exist and you might be one of them, like. Yeah. But, like, that's cool. Um, (laughs) And I think, just like you said, being visibly okay with it is probably the most powerful thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents always used to tell me whenever there was like a gay character on TV or something when I was a kid, they would be like, hey, just so you know, if you're gay, that's cool. We'll still love you. And um, at the time, I kind of like bristled at that. Like, I was like, why would you say that to me? Like, that's a random weird thing to say. But it sunk in enough times that when the time did actually come for me to come out, like I was nervous and I was scared, but like I knew realistically that I would be okay because of that yeah so that was nice one last question do you think coming out will be an outdated or irrelevant concept eventually i don't think so i think it might evolve but i think there will always be things that we have to share about ourselves that aren't readily apparent Mm -hmm. um and i think I don't know, maybe one day people will be coming out as straight, like, <laughs> the queers will take over. Um, <laughs> this is our gay agenda. <laughs> um, but I think, I think the concept of coming out will always exist, regardless of what people are coming out about. I think there will always be private things that are scary to share. Yep, totally. They'll just shift over time yeah Mm -hmm. just floated off into some 
philosophical thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, we've lost her, folks. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Dildorks. (laughs) Uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. If you're in Toronto, I would love if you would come see me at the Bedpost Variety Show on Tuesday, June 26th uh, at the Super Wonder Gallery. And I'm going to be doing sexpert things and talking about kinks. And it's always a great show. I highly recommend it. Who are you, friend? Where's your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at Bex Talk Sex. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Bex Talk Sex. I'm also going to be at Dark Odyssey Fusion in like a week and a half, uh, teaching about blowjobs, G-spots, long distance kink, and communication and negotiation for nerds and pervs, which is easily my favorite workshop title that I've created. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So yeah, if you're going to be at that event, it's a rad event. It's actually the one I'm looking forward to most this year. Um, Come on out and see me. Uh, It's going to be fun. Together we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can find our show by searching it in your favorite podcast app, which I assume you did since you're here. Um, But why don't you go back to that app and rate and review us? It brings us up in the charts, makes us easier to find for other sex nerds, and makes me feel good about what we're doing. If you want to support us with your dollars, you can go to patreon.com slash thedildorks, throw a couple of bucks our way. It helps us do things like get to cons to do live podcasts, which we're going to be doing at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit in August. Thank you so much to Protodome for the use of our theme song, I Want You in My Bedroom, off his album Chip Funk, which you can find at protodome.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Amy, who did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. What do my levels sound like? Wait, I can't see your faces on my levels. Okay. If I get really loud and sad about things. Okay, good. I'm like checking shit like a fucking professional. I came home and my cat had shit on the floor, vomited next to her own shit, and then peed on my hoodie. (laughs) She's having a rough day. (laughs) So I had to handle all of that. I like to think that she was so upset by whichever one of those happened first that the other two things happened as a result. (laughs) I had thrown my hoodie onto a new cat bed that I got for her in hopes that she would sleep on the cat bed. Yeah. Because she was sleeping on my hoodie all afternoon when it was on my bed because it smells like me. Yeah. So I put it in her cat bed and instead of sleeping on it, she peed on it. (laughs) So my cat is a spiteful bitch. Um... (laughs) You're in trouble now. <laughs> really am. You like that good belt sound? It's <laughs> <laughs> a million degrees. I'm taking my pants off. Yeah, no worries. Hear that, listeners? I'm podcasting in my boxers. <laughs> <laughs>
I am proud of you. I don't know what the appropriate thing to say is. <laughs> it's summer. Podcast naked. <laughs>